It's Freddie Freeman's tearful return. I love the Braves organization with all my heart. That will never change. Welcome to a special edition of the Braves Report, the new podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black with AJC Braves beat reporter Justin Toscano and our features writer Gabe Burns here from the press box at Truist Park after a night, uh, guys, that I don't think any of us expected. No. I mean, I think well, it all started in the afternoon, right? I think, Gabe, you and I looked at each other at about uh, 4.45 with, with kind of the same bewildered look that we had we had just seen something we've never seen. Because I think for those listening in our industry, a press conference is often cliche quotes, uh, cookie cutter quotes, a lot of stuff maybe you can't use, um, not a lot of honesty. And Freddie Freeman for about 15 minutes there just laid it all out there. I'm not sure. I Well, I actually am sure that I've never seen anything like that. You know, he's, he's not a Hollywood type. He is as genuine as it gets. And, you know, First of all, if you thought that he truly didn't want to be in Atlanta, um, well, you weren't reading for one. But two, after seeing what you saw today, I definitely think that uh, you would have a change of mind there. Uh, Clearly, this meant everything to him. Uh, We've never seen anything like what we've seen today. I can't really remember anything in sports like that. Um, Just the emotion and just the love for the entire organization, the security. I mean, everybody. And, you know, we went down there. I went down there to talk to Freddie after the game, and, and he said he, he's, like, forgotten to eat. He hasn't eaten in 12 hours. He's like, I'm exhausted. I'm emotionally exhausted, but it was a wonderful night. And it, it really was a crazy night. All right, and we want to bring you a significant amount of the audio and what Freddie had to say before and after he received his World Series ring. Plus, what we thought of game one here between the series between the Braves and the Dodgers. The Braves report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is brought to you by Kroger. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, so let's kind of you know start from the top here. Four forty-five. All three of us are in the interview room Friday afternoon, and Brian Snitker is the first to go as he always does, and gave us the line we were pretty much expecting about this day. I'll be, I'm happy, just like I was happy for all the guys that we've given him to. You know, it's a big moment. They are all very instrumental in helping us to get the ring and and all, and and um, you know it'll be nice. You know, standard cliche, and then Freddie walks in. He asked everybody to give him a second. He walks out of the room, comes back a few minutes later with a towel, and here we go. I don't even know if I can get through this. Okay, I'll try. Go ahead. You guys were sitting right there on the front row. What'd you think? Yeah, that was, um, I mean, at, at first I just, you know, didn't know what to think. Obviously he was overcome with emotion. I think, uh, Gabe, you know, you covered him for years, but from the outside, you had mentioned uh, a couple minutes ago, Gabe, that we've never seen anything like this in sports. 
contextually, I just think it's crazy to even think about this hours after it happened because this is a guy who is a world-class athlete, one of the best players in the game, you know, one of the best first basemen in the game. Um, he plays for a team, mind you, that isn't out of it, mind you, that is going to be battling these Braves for, you know, the NL crown this year and you would presume throughout his entire contract. And yet he lays it all out there. He plays for a different team and he lays this all out there. And you, you hardly see this in sports where you, you know, usually it's uh, conjecture saying that, well, a guy would rather be here. Uh, and today we got a pretty clear look at how Freddie Freeman, you know, as has been, you know, murmured throughout the league over the past few months, really wanted to be a brave, uh, expected to be a brave. Um, he hinted at that, didn't go into the story, but hinted at kind of what everybody's already known to this point. But I just think this was pretty incredible to witness just because this is a guy and a fellow contender, right? And he's his team is the class of baseball probably over the past few years. And he's laying it all out there because he wanted to be on the Braves. Yeah, it has to be weird if you're a member of the Dodgers organization and you're watching. <laughs> that's what I keep saying. That's what, yeah. yeah, I mean, that, uh, that's got to be a little awkward. And, I mean, the Dodgers, look, they're not clueless. They're not fools. They know they weren't his first choice. But when you see how much it meant to him and just how badly he wanted to stay. And, you know, today was obviously like a celebration of what he achieved with this organization. Like, we can sit here. I mean, how many times do we have to rehash? It didn't. It's over. He's not here. Matt Olson's here. Matt Olson's a very good player. Uh, Freddie, he's on a new team. Even if it's not the team he wanted to be on, he's on a six-year deal. So unless he wants to retire, he's there. <laughs> so so we don't want to rehash just the whole negotiations and what went wrong there. But, again, it was not his preference. Uh, you know, if you want to look at it from a positive point of view, he gets to play in front of – you know, at home in front of his family, Matt Olson gets to all this stuff that we've kind of been over. But I, I think that it really just showed the baseball world today that all this stuff you've heard, that you've read, you know, that was the interview on TV at Dodger Stadium where he grew emotional. I think all this kind of stuff, it, it resonates differently when you're able to just sit there and watch what we watch today because it's it's coming from him it's not coming from me it's not coming from anyone in town writing it um and you know it, it didn't shock me like i went and saw him at spring training in arizona and he was very emotional and upset still and everything and then you know it, it just at some point it's going to feel more normal for him um but for this being the first night and i know that a lot of people are freddied out and i understand that too at the same time, there's only going to be one time that he plays his first game as a visitor at Truist Park. That was tonight, and I don't think anyone saw kind of – I saw this getting as emotional as it did. And that's the first question to him in this press conference was, how do you put this weekend into words? It's hard to even look up and see people that – who I'd been with for 15 years, so. It's really hard to put into words. I can't even look up at you guys because I don't know if I'm going to get through it, so. 
I was doing pretty good about an hour ago. Gosh. Um, um, I don't know all the emotions. Uh, it's hard to put into words. I'm just happy to be back. Um, this organization, the people, the media people who have covered my family with grace and love over the last 12 years, it's hard. I love the Braves organization with all my heart. That will never change. Then, of course, how do you think it's going to feel to put that World Series ring on your finger? That World Series ring is more than a ring. I think when you're a kid, all you dream about is making it to the big leagues. It's everyone's dream. And then you get to the big leagues, and then you just want to stay. And then when you're lucky and blessed enough to be able to stay, your whole mindset changes, and all you want to do is win. Because no kid wants to, thinks about a World Series. They just think about, I want to be in the big leagues. you know. And when you get here, and you get to put on a, a Braves jersey, I'll say 14 and a half years, because I had to put on a Pelicans jersey for half a year. So um, the only thing that matters is winning. And we went through a lot of up and downs in my 12 years. And then we reached the pinnacle last year of winning it all. Um, that ring is just not a ring to me. Um, it's all the sacrifices. All the missed family time. All the hours. The broken wrists, the 14-hour bus rides, the minor leagues, the 4 a.m. get-ins at hotels, the grind every single year to finally win it. Man, there's no better feeling in the sport. So, and to do it with Snit, Walt, Eric. Wash, Sal, Rick Kranitz, Alex, Terry, and all those guys in uniform in that clubhouse that are still there and some that aren't. That ring is good. There's nothing better. Next, did he feel like this was any closure or did he feel any regrets that he would not be able to finish his career as a Brave? I have no regrets. Um, and I'm not looking for closure. Uh, there's nothing to close for me here. Why would I close such a special time in 15 years, you know, that I spent here? And there's, for me, nothing to close. Um, I think that the regret question is a whole different side of the story that I'm not 
I'm not here to talk about because I think one-on-one -on -one with people I've talked to, that's a, whole, that's a, that's a different side of it. Because um, if I got into that, we would be here a long time. <laughs> and that emotion would change big time. So, um, well, that helped me stop crying a little bit. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I think people that know me know a little bit about what happened a few months ago. So, I'm just going to leave it at that. Mood of the room changed a little bit there. Yeah, 100%, because I think that was, um, you know, reading between the lines, one of those admissions that we were talking about that <laughs> you'd probably rather be a brave, uh, said it without saying it. Um, but I, I think as we were talking about earlier, I'm just surprised he went that close to it. And I, I didn't think he would touch that topic with a 10-foot pole, uh, especially because he plays for another team and has to go walk back over to the other side of Truist Park into the opposite clubhouse. But it, it certainly changed the tenor of things. Um, and it really gets you thinking about, you know, obviously what could have been. We're not here to rehash it. You can place the blame on whoever. Um, but, yeah, that was the first time he really touched this thing, right, Gabe? I mean, just kind of said it without saying it. I mean, especially I was just um, surprised that he put it so cleanly for us to read between the lines or for anybody to read between the lines. Yeah. I mean, that was an example of his emotions right there. Cause he's tried not to, and we saw it during his introductory press conference with the Dodgers too, that his emotions kind of got the best of him. And he said he called Alex and apologized and everything. And he's again, like he said, after the game, he's like, I'm not going to be one of these guys that is putting this stuff in quotes. You know, some people know what happened. Some people I've talked to one-on-one -on -one know what happened. And a lot of people don't know what happened, but I'm not going to go out there and put it in quotes. And maybe it's a story that's told down the road um, when he's retired or something. I don't know, but it's for the best he feels that he doesn't tell this story anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty crazy that he said that when, you know, he goes back over to the Dodgers, you know, clubhouse and go team yeah he's standing there with his you know it, it has to be weird like but a, a lot of those guys on the dodgers i mean they left teams too obviously mookie trey i mean they all yeah so i mean there's a i guess some of these guys understand it but at the same time um again i can't think of anything that comes close to this uh, it's pretty crazy uh but it's, again, it's where we are, and Freeman – I mean, Freddie keeps saying it himself that, you know, I can't look back. I think it was okay to look back today, obviously, but uh, just like – you know, everyone's turned the page at this point, and I think eventually, you know, Freddie will – you know, he will just be okay. And the, the, the you used a very good line in your story on AJC.com slash sports. There's no going back to what once was. Yeah, I mean, we keep saying it. You can't change this. Uh I think, I mean, I think it's, it stinks. I think it's bad. I wrote at the time, you know, it, it's just, this guy would have been obviously a career brave and he could go into, you know, we'll see about the hall of fame thing, but he would have had his number retired now. You know, I asked him about that before. He's like, well, who knows now, but 
he would have been one of the most beloved Braves of all time. I mean, he still is, but it would have been another level if he spends his whole career here. Uh, again, this is, you know, Matt Olson's a great player. I mean, they're okay. He's, obviously, he's younger. Um, they, have, they have that going for them, and I'm sure he'll have a nice career here. It's a shame it didn't work out, but maybe this weekend should be the last time that we're really hammering this story, I think, because... I mean, everyone has kind of moved on. This was the one time we kind of – everyone had this circled on their calendars, you know, once he signed with the Dodgers. So, um, so we'll see. And Freddie admits he didn't think it was going to be this hard. No, I don't think so. But I think – I've always told you guys how much I love the Braves and this city. And I thought I loved this city and, and this organization a lot, but I think you can tell how much I truly do love this organization and this city. But, no. I don't even know how I'm going to get through this weekend, guys, to be honest. Man. Gabe, I've got an interesting question for you. So you touched on something... Uh, this might be looking too far down the road. Freddie will always be one of the beloved Braves, a franchise icon. He'll never be forgotten. He's gone, never forgotten here. But isn't there a different level to what Chipper is seen as here and what, you know, a guy who plays the last six years of his career with another team may be seen as here? Isn't there, doesn't, I feel like the casual fan might have a tendency to, you know, not so much forget, but if that player isn't top of mind as Chipper was for every single year of his career, is that does that do legacies differ in that way? Yeah, no, for sure. Because you also, well, the story on credit on Freddie's career has not been fully written yet. So, I mean, there might be a year or two down the road that Freddie hits the game winning homer in Game Seven of the NLCS against them, right? And then maybe he's viewed even differently from there. So, no, I mean, of course, like he's never. You know, he's never going to be viewed as chipper, and he's never going to be even a guy like Smoltz. You know, he spends his last year with Boston and the Cardinals, but, I mean, no one's ever going to remember that. You know, he's a long-time brave. This is kind of more – honestly, this is kind of similar to the Tom Glavin thing where, you know, you change teams and you're going to a team that's a, you know, rival. So I think it, it remains to be seen. I mean, Freddie could win two or three World Series with the Dodgers. He could have two World Series MVPs. Uh, certainly – most people at that point, maybe they even remember him as a Dodger. I don't know, right? Uh, I know that's kind of crazy for some people to kind of comprehend right now, but there's a, there's a lot, there's a long way to go with his career. But no, I mean, once he left, there's a level of his kind of Braves legacy. You know, he's he's never going to be a guy like that. Obviously, the 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 Glavin thing is probably the best comparison because when Glavin went to New York, well, a it was New York, and b he kind of made the decision and everybody was ticked off. But everybody kind of got over it. But it's still something's just not – he's not quite at the chipper level. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, again, we know Freddie didn't want to leave, but he left. That's the bottom line. When he, Yeah, I mean, his baseball reference page will have LAD right. on it. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's – and, like, as much as we can hash this out now, next Sunday, in the future, five years from now – Oftentimes, the casual fan doesn't remember the nuance and the context of Freddie or 
Freddie having wanted to stay and be a Brave. Like people, like you said, they'll see the baseball reference page. They'll see the kind of like the mashups on ESPN um, of where he spent his career, things like that. But a lot of people don't remember that context. And I think that's really a shame because he deserves to be one of those guys who's viewed here, you know, like a career brave. And you thought that was how it was going to end. Obviously, you covering the team, me from afar. I mean, you just never saw Freddie anywhere else. What's so great about being a Kroger Boost member? Free delivery on the Kroger products you love and more rewards too, like double fuel points on everything you buy. Experience a new level of membership starting as low as $59 a year with Boost by Kroger Plus. Learn more at Kroger.com today. The Braves Report is brought to you by Kroger, and you don't need me to tell you how out of hand the experience is getting pumping gas at the moment, but what I can tell you about is something that will help a little bit. Becoming a Kroger Boost member, because Kroger Boost members get two times the fuel points plus free deliveries on Kroger groceries, so you save money on gas and you get your time back by not having to stand in line to check out. Plus, you'll also get more benefits and more savings for as little as 59 bucks a year. So go to Kroger.com slash boost to enroll. That is Kroger.com slash boost. We mentioned it. As for the reaction from the Braves fans here tonight. More than 42,000 were here to give the former face of their franchise the proper ovation when he got his ring. Been another standing ovation for his first at bat, and after that was over, I did kind of hear a smattering of boos, but I, I didn't feel like it was malicious. It just kind of felt like, all right, we've cheered for you. Now you're the enemy. Did I get a, the? Did you guys get the same read on that? No, I actually got only cheers. Maybe you were a little more perceptive. I was outside. In that. I was oh, outside. okay, okay. See, I was I was in the press box. I think that I think there is something to that. Like people cheered when he struck out. Uh, you know, his second at bat, I believe it was. He drew a walk in his first at bat, went one for three, scored two runs. But, well, yeah, when he struck out, people cheered. Like, people roared. It was a big moment, uh, you know, big time in the game. Good spot uh, for a strikeout for me and Anderson. But, yeah, I think there's a little bit of closure that everybody experienced here um, kind of with that moment. Ian Anderson just talking about how weird it was to step off there. And he expected it, but just kind of tough to focus in after. Um, but I think... Now, you know, you're more like he's not one of us anymore if you're a Braves fan. I mean, he, you know, always will be to an extent. But look, these two teams are the class of the NL right now, and they're going to be battling. They'll probably see each other in October if everything goes to plan for both of them. And um, yeah, now he's now he's an enemy. Yeah, I mean, it almost feels like, you know, we heard Freddie say that he didn't want closure uh, and he didn't need closure. It almost feels like everybody else did <laughs> you know it, it's like this was you're right this was a closure for fans because this date kind of loomed you know this was a circle you know it, it you know that old cliche about circling the date on your calendar I mean that, that that's what this was uh I know Freddie just wanted to get it done with I think a lot of fans wanted to get it done with the fans that love him the fans that are sick of hearing about him the, the whole everybody wanted this over with uh yeah he's not 
look, he's not a brave anymore. And whatever they do now, I mean, I'm sure they'll, you know, this weekend he'll still get his cheers, but he's not going to be getting cheers the rest of his career here. <laughs> you know, I mean, there'll be a few people, but, uh, you know, he is going, they're going to, in the playoffs, when they're, you know, facing off in a deciding game here, uh, they're not going to be cheering Freddie for something he did last year. Uh, so, until, you know, he's back here with the alumni stuff, working with Greg McMichael and showing up at events and on TV and all that, which, you know, we'll see if, you know, it, it plays out that way when his career is over. Until then, he's, he's a Dodger, and I'm with Justin. I, these teams, we've already seen them meet a couple times in the postseason. We're going to see them meet as, again as early as this October and probably multiple times over Freddie's tenure there. Here's Freddie after the game on getting that ring. It was amazing. I, I mean, it was hard because, you know, I was just seeing Snit and I was crying at the same time. So <laughs> um, I just I knew I had a lot going on after the ring ceremony. I knew I had to talk and do all that. So it's just I had so much going on that I – really haven't even had time to really look at the ring yet you know as much as I want to look at it so when I get done here I'm gonna really inspect that thing I didn't even get to open it up or anything so I still have a lot of time I got to spend with that ring <laughs> as for what Brian Snitker told him when he got his hardware he was trying to tell me to relax and you know calm down you'll be okay um and snip being snip but um it's the one man that I'm very thankful for um, we've had a lot of talks over the last few months so um, he's always been there for me, and he'll continue to always be there for me. And just to be able to share that moment was 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 nice. As for the reaction from the Braves, here's Brian Snicker. No, yeah, I mean that was good. I mean, I thought before the game, the ceremony, you know, I thought the fans were unbelievable how the ovation they gave me. I thought I was very proud of him, and because he got, got guy meant a lot to us. And um, <clears throat> I knew it was going to first at bat that, you know, we give him time to acknowledge again. It was really really a special moment, and. Um, yeah, but I never, I, I never anticipated that. You know, that's part of the reason why we all love playing here. We knew the fans were going to give him a great reception, and he deserved every second of it. So, um, but you know, it's tough to kind of focus back in, and um, you know, I kind of felt like I was underwater in the first inning a little bit. Just couldn't move in a little slow. Couldn't couldn't figure it out. I'll start a little ball now. Ian Anderson had to deal with all that, and he paid for it a little bit in the first. Yeah, yeah, gives up a you know gives up a couple runs in the first, um, and then actually gets through the second, third, and fourth are great, um, and then gets hit again in the fifth and was charged with two more runs. Um, but really, the Braves' offense, I mean, we've seen them. Everything seems to be working right now. So when they have opportunities in the sixth where they loaded the bases on Julio Urias, or uh, in the eighth, you know, when they had runners on the corners against Bruce Star Gratterall, or in the ninth, even when they let off with a single against Craig Kimball, you kind of just feel like they're going to do something there. Uh, Brian Snicker said as much, where I think his exact quote was that, you know, we lay in the, the dead in the weeds with the best of them and, you know, can come back and, and whatnot. And um, just didn't happen tonight, but Freddie Freeman had a nice night. Yep, yeah, one hit, a couple of walks, scored a couple of runs, and. He even said he was su- surprised he wasn't so jumpy, and everybody kind of understood if he went 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. Yeah, Freddie said before the game, he was like, yeah, I'm not going to do anything tonight, I promise. <laughs> like, uh, And, uh, no, he actually, yeah, he ended up doing something. Uh, you know, he draws that walk in the first. He comes around to score. You're on base three times, a hit. Uh, you know, pretty good. And some of the highlights of him with guys on the bases were pretty cool to see, too. You know, he and Acuna had a little moment there. He had Wash. Uh, laughing about something who who knows what that could have been uh so it was cool you know to see him interacting with everybody and embracing everybody again 
Julio Urias is a pretty good pitcher when Dave Roberts is not bringing him in here in this ballpark in the eighth inning. <laughs> yeah, no, he's uh, he's awesome, and the Dodgers are going to need a lot out of him with Bueller sidelined. I mean, they they need some rotation help. This, you know, Justin and I were talking about this earlier. This Dodgers team is, uh, you know, they're injured, they're flawed. Uh, now they lost Daniel Hudson, who was a you know a big piece for them uh, tonight. So. You know, the Braves struggled early on, and now the Dodgers are kind of just shorthanded right now. So we know that they're an active team at the deadline. Uh, we know that they're going to be in the mix. But the, the NL, look, it's it's June, but the NL is clearly wide open. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think, um, yeah, with Daniel Hudson going down with that, presumably what they believe is a torn ACL, um, his season's over. Like we were talking about, I mean, it's really – it's really funny because that Dodgers team in 2020 won the World Series, but the 2018 team, the 2017 team, I thought those were the best teams they've had in this in this run. These teams are stacked, and this team tonight doesn't resemble that at all. But the star power is still there. I mean, we've seen it, you know, in Austin Riley's double play, like perfectly turned. Like they're still crisp. They can still pitch. They still have the talent. Once they get Mookie Betts back, and you don't have to get Walker Bueller back. Things will be fine, but they need some bullpen help. Uh, could use another bat. Um, they're still the Dodgers, but they're not what they have been. And the Braves really look, you know, as evenly matched with them as this year as they ever have, even more so than last year. And yet the Dodgers still have the second-best winning percentage in the National League. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I thought uh, I might have my years wrong, but I thought that team that lost to the Nationals was probably their best team in the recent years. I want to say that was the one. 19? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like that was their be- their best one. Um, and then last year's team just ran out of gas. You know, it had that – you know, you're going against the Giants for months and then you play that series and you're facing the Braves and Scherzer's got the dead arm. And, I mean, that team two, – Two pitchers left. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that team just – you know, for as hot as the Braves got, that team just lost it. No, I mean, they're – the National League is tough, man. Uh, San Diego um, – I know Musgrove had a bad start the other night. But uh, that – that I mean, that's a really talented team. That's a team we, we assume Tatis is going to come back at some point. Uh, but they, they have pitching. The Mets, if they get their two guys back, obviously – I mean, that's a big if that they're coming back and they're going to be healthy come October. But if they are, uh, you're not going to find anything better than DeGrom and Scherzer at the top. San Francisco is still a good team. And then, you know, St. Louis, St. Louis and Milwaukee are both good teams too, so – yeah, because we keep talking about the East and we keep talking about the West. But the thing about Milwaukee is that they're just going to be able to pitch. And, and, like, if nothing else, like, that lineup isn't very good offensively. But if nothing else, they can hold you and they can make games close. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a wild run. But I think it's going to be, um, as much as we're talking about Dodgers, Braves right now for good reason, after this weekend that conversation kind of gets put on hold because the Dodgers or the Braves and the Mets have sp- 15 games left, I think, this year, and it's going to be a, a wild 15. Rest of the weekend, Saturday night, Max Freed gets Mitch White, and then Spencer Strider against Gonsolin. You know, we talked about this uh, in the middle of the game. Braves need to get the Saturday game. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, they've got their guy going against, um, you know, somebody who's not one of the Dodgers' horses. Uh, Max Freed's pitched really well this year. Um, the Braves look, they, you know, now they've evened out over, you know, June. I I think they're, you know, they're going to come out pretty strong tomorrow. Do want to quickly remind you that 
part of the reason we can bring you this podcast for free from the top of Truist Park while the lightning's going off and the thunder's going off and they've got the tarp on the field is because of the great subscribers to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We cannot do this without your help to power our journalism. And if you have not been able to jump on board yet, we have a flash sale going right now. It's our best deal of the year. For a limited time, you can get unlimited digital access to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for six months for just 99 cents. So you get all of Justin's Braves coverage, everything that Gabe writes, all the stories we do, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, everything on AJC.com, the e-paper, our newsletters, including Mark Bradley's new Bradley's Buzz, all in your inbox, all of our digital products for the next six months for just 99 cents. So go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast to take advantage of this deal. That is subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. I'm glad you mentioned the yeah, lightning because my guys won tonight. It's not over yet. Uh, <laughs> that is hockey. That is Tampa Bay. Was, Jay, Jay's doing a great job on this podcast, but I we, we missed a huge opportunity with that Kroger Boost uh, program to talk about how – the one guy that we're talking about in this podcast has been probably getting killed at the pump the last four months. I mean, it's like $6 a gallon in California. <laughs> yeah, if you think it's bad here, they, they've got their own problems out there. Oh, yeah. Before we wrap up here, final thoughts on uh, probably be a night that we, we will not uh, soon forget. It's a night we're, yeah, it's a night we're always going to remember. Uh, we're going to look back on this one. We're going to look back on it fondly. Uh, it was a really cool moment. I think that it's bigger than just what happened on the field. You know, Freddie meant a lot to a lot of people here. And I think that you can set aside the on-field aspect for a minute and just look at how much he meant to the community, to the fan base, to the city, and to see how much he loved it. I, I, it was just a really cool moment, and I'm glad that everybody got to have that. For anybody who's watched The Office, it kind of feels like Andy Bernard where, you know, Freddie takes the podium, and it's almost like, you know, I wish, I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you actually left them. So we'll close with that. On that note, we will wrap up this here podcast. But if you're enjoying what you're hearing, please rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe. That really does help us grow this show. If you like what you're hearing, tell us the good news. If you don't, tell us how we can improve, and we will try to do better the next time. So that's it for Gabe, for Justin. I'm Jay. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.